0: Hey, what's up? This is Cynthia LaShawn from The Lounge Podcast, and we are not here alone today. We have a special <laughs> guest, Malcolm Elliott. Yes, yes. So don't Thank call it an episode, call it more like a reunion.
1: Yes, it's very nice to see you again. Yes, it's been like forever since I've seen you. It feels like. Okay,
0: last time I seen you came up at State to perform, true. It was like my first time seeing you perform because I knew you performed a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So, but yeah, so we like, we met back in seventh grade mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you never show no signs of doing music. So for you guys that <laughs> don't know, Malcolm Elliott, he is a artist. Artiste. Artiste. <laughs> so explain what exactly all that you do.
1: All that I do. Um, I'm a writer, a rapper, singer, songwriter, a saxophone player, um, you know, Musician, uh, all around creative, I would say I would describe myself. I don't like really put myself in a box because I feel like I do so many things. But
0: so have you? I know you always been doing music Mm -hmm. because you started uh, the saxophone Saxophone, in elementary. Like what grade?
1: Uh, I started playing saxophone in, in third grade.
0: Okay, and then. So you was always, like, on the music, right? Because you was always yeah. on your saxophone stuff. Yeah, you also definitely. played more than one instrument.
1: Definitely, yeah. I play all the saxophones, like, alto, tenor, soprano. It wasn't until I got to college that I started, you know, uh, they make you pick up a second instrument. So, like, flute, clarinet, piano. That's when I started dabbling with those. But saxophone is, like, my main thing.
0: Right. So I know saxophone's your main thing. I remember, like, you never rap it. I remember, I vaguely remember, like, Eighth grade, mm-hmm. you guys had, like, a little rap cypher or something like rap that.
1: Rap cypher. Not a
0: cypher, but you know how, like, um, in middle school, you guys just, like, try to, like, do, like, little lines, like, little remixes. I feel that, yeah. I, feel like I remember you doing something like that. But yeah. all throughout, you s- Uh, all throughout high school, you never did know, like, rap or anything?
1: No, no. I remember at Renaissance, especially at Renaissance, there there used to be times where they would have, like, battle raps in, like, the parking lot, where, like, some people who rapped in school would go out to the parking lot after school, and, like, battle rap people would record them. It's, like, some still on YouTube, probably. Um, but I never, like, growing up, just period, never had, like, the desire to be, like, a rapper. It was never, like, I want to be a rapper. That's what I feel. That's why I really feel like it kind of chose me, like, you know. Like the stars just aligned for me to be who I am today.
0: So explain when did the stars align for you to choose you, like Malcolm? (laughs) You shall. Okay, well, so
1: (laughs) I got to I got to uh to college and I was there for on a scholarship for the saxophone and it was you know I was there for music business and so, um, school was just a really stressful time for me. You know, Um, I was there for the saxophone. I love my saxophone. But in, like, my heart, I knew I didn't want to be, like, the next John Coltrane or Charlie Parker. Like, it's not 1930. <laughs> um, so it was, like, I love my saxophone. I still play. I was playing. I'm a church musician. I play in church still. So I love my saxophone. It just was never my desire to be, like, the best saxophone player in the world. That wasn't, like, my motivation. So school, like, the saxophone is, like, an extension of myself. So school is essentially, like, making playing a saxophone not fun. And it was kind of like a moral thing, like uh, it kind of hurt me deep, you know what I'm saying? Where it's like something I love for so long, it, it made playing the saxophone work, you know. So people, so many people think that being a music, like a music student, is easy. Like we just in there playing arts and crafts or something or to So, do. We work so hard. And then like not just that, like most for school, m- for most people, school is like, you know, take a test, study, maybe a group project, blah blah blah, like the regular stuff. For music students, it's all of that. Like I still have regular classes, but I also have like you know, I have to have to perform for a grade. So it's like, I can't like BS and like, you know, not practice because these are like professional musicians who are judging my performance. They're going to know if I haven't practiced. Um, So I have to devote time to practice for not just like my own instrument, but then I have, you know, every music student is required to pick up piano. Mm -hmm. Every music student, you know, we think you pick up a secondary instrument. So I have to not practice my own instrument. The piano, as if it's not an instrument, and then now a secondary instrument, all of these things while still maintaining the social life, uh, going to the gym, whatever, you know what I'm saying? It just wasn't enough hours in a day. And so it got so stressful to a point to where it was like, all right, I need another creative outlet besides the saxophone to where I could just get all of this stuff off my chest. And so ultimately, I was just like, I'm just going to write a poem. Now, uh, rewind. So I didn't, you know, I used to freestyling stuff with my friends, like, you know, once I started smoking. But it was just, like, something me and my friends did, like, when we smoked, like, for fun. It was never, like, I want to be a rapper. Like, we was all just rapping and freestyling in the car while we was smoking just as an activity to do while you high. So it was, like... I, after a while though, like my friends was like, Bro, you're getting pretty good. You should probably start writing and I was like, No nah, even then I was like, No, nah, bro, it's not really my thing. I don't really Like plan. I'm just doing this for fun. This is for fun. You know, even even if it even if I did think it was what I was saying was sweet, I was like, Man, this is you know, this is whatever. It's not really my thing. So oh back to the school thing, it was like school had got so stressful, I'm like, skip it. I'm just gonna write a poem to just get some stuff off my chest. And so I wrote a poem. People loved it. And then, you know, at the time, I knew it was a artist, my boy named Ozzy Flash. He was, like, the best rapper I knew at the time. And then, you know Josh, Josh King. Mm-hmm. Josh was, like, the best producer I knew at the time. So it was, like, I was kind of, like, I was always good at talking to people and networking. So I was supposed to kind of just be, like, the manager of, like, our group or whatever. And so I was going places and doing things until, like, you know, Ozzy needed, like, a feature on a song. And long story short, I did the feature for a song, for his song, after looking for so long for another rapper that I feel like was going to do it justice. And Josh was actually like, bro, you might as well do it. And so I did it. People love that, too. And so after I did a poem and a verse for somebody, Josh was like, bro, you might as well do a whole mixtape. And I was like, uh, see, now you talking about mixtape. <laughs> now, now, now you ask me to be a rapper. Now rapper. you doing too much. Do I was like, much, you was know do i saying? Doing this for fun. Now it you was it, for fun. Like, I was now. doing it because we needed it. But, you know, um, like I said, it just sometimes stuff chews you. So, um, I made the decision, like, okay, I'm about to do my first tape. But then I had to, like, really, like, meditate and concentrate on, like, the type of rapper I wanted to be, like, to be perceived. at like, what kind of messages i going to try to put across? Because I'm not going to, like, be one of the people who rap and talk about things that I don't know. Or, right, you know, like so I can't talk, talk about, about the gang <laughs> life or shooting <laughs> like people. bang,
0: bang. You
1: know <laughs> what I'm saying? I can't talk about shooting people or nothing because I don't live that life. And I feel like people can tell when stuff is fabricated in your music and when you don't mean what you say. And so, um, ultimately, I ended up doing my first tape, uh, which took me, like, I had only had, like, a couple songs, and I had started doing open mics, like, the summer after my freshman year of college, and, like, that whole summer to the rest of the year, I was recording more music, but I was only performing maybe, like, two or three songs. And so a lot of people was asking me, like, where my music was at while I was, like, doing these open mics and stuff because I was doing them so often. It was, like, getting familiar with those songs. But it was, like, where can I find them? I'm, like, they're not even out yet. So by the time I did drop the songs, people was, like, waiting on them. it was, like, dog, finally. And so my first tape, um, I remember doing it. Uh, it was the second semester of sophomore year now is when I finally released it. And by that time, it was a thing called Dope Detroit Music that was going on, which is where I seen you at, mm-hmm. where we was doing – we was going from college, different colleges, and we was kind of – so I was kind of on tour at the same time that I dropped my tape. And, and this then is then era of Adolescence, This is right? era of Adolescence, yep. I dropped the era of Adolescence, and then we was on, like, the Dope Detroit kind of music college tour while that was going on, and all that was going on while school was still going on, finals and everything. Like, school didn't go away. It was like I was still dealing with all that other stuff. It's just I had the rap stuff to go on. So by that time, it was like – so much was going on. Um, I can tell you can you hear know, it in the music. You can hear it in the music, right? You know, it was like school. I would say pushed me to to do it, which is why I'm happy. I'm I am w- happy i i do not regret anything. I'm happy I went. I'm I'm happy that it it pushed me in that direction. But, um, you know, it everything happens for a reason. I feel I would still say the stars didn't really really align for me until I kind of looked back and reflected on. Everything about myself, like who I am, and like my musical journey, my parents, like who they are, like.
0: So my question is, what was your mindset of era adolescence? Because I was listening to it, mm-hmm. and each um, project sound like a different version of you. Like you yeah. can hear the growth, the growth for so sure. Era adolescence, sure. really adolescence. Yeah. So where did these songs come from? Because it came more like a storytelling, mm-hmm. like a mm-hmm. poetic type. It gave me more like, um. That open mic, but with music in the background. Yeah. So like he explained, like it was one of the songs, one of the songs that stuck out was uh, Shane's story.
1: Right. Okay. So of Adolescence, It was more kind of autobiographical, but it was some fantasy fiction in there. Um. And so for me, I would say for my first tape, the message I wanted to get across was, at a very young age, I realized that I'm extremely blessed to have both my parents in my life. I was, you know, I was they put me in a lot of things growing up: basketball, baseball, saxophone. I was really privileged going up, and so at a young age, I realized that a lot of my friends were not as privileged as I was. I didn't know what they was going home to. Like, they could be going home to the trap house, or foster care, or whatever. Like, people's going home to a lot of things, and so I kind of wanted to relay that message through music, and I was like, all right, I'm going to tell the story um, that's going to kind of feel like the story of my life growing up in Detroit, because people think, you know, if you're not, you know, either D- in Detroit, either you do it or you know somebody who do it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So just because I wasn't out here slanging drugs or popping nines off or whatever, don't mean I don't know people who do that or had to do that, you know what I'm saying, to provide or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So the story of Shane's story like that, it was like, you know, basically like the story was basically like he was kind of forced into a situation, you know, that he really had no control over just because of his environment. And I really wanted people, and I it was kind of scary, you know what I'm saying? I really wanted to, like, grasp people, like, this is, like, something real that's going on every day in different, like, facets of life where people, they don't get to choose their path. Like, sometimes it's like they get thrown into situations where it's like either you do this or you might die. You know what I'm saying? And so that was kind of where, like, Shane's story. So after I got – and that's kind of the beginning of the tape. So, it's like, after you get kind of past Shane's story – it's kind of like where I wake up, you know what I'm saying? And then it kind of comes back to, like, reality where it's, like, it's actually my life now. But it was kind of like I would sleep and dream about things like that because it happens all the time.
0: So with era adoles- adolescent, was it really writing from a place from your teenagehood or from, like, your freshman, where you, or were you just where you was at at the time?
1: I feel like it was, like, a culmination of, like, my life, like, from when I was in, like, middle school all the way up to that point, like, where I was at when I was making it. So it was, like... All the times I was at, like, basketball practice and I didn't know if my friends from the team was going home to whatever. And people who I knew now grew up and had joined gangs because whatever, their older brother or whatever got jumped into, whatever it was. It was like I just knew that it was people out there who was living this life. And it was like people need to be aware of that. It need to be more aware of, like, a lot of people don't get a choice. And so we need to be grateful that we had the chance to choose our path and, you know, be who we are.
0: Yes, and you got a lot of good reception. If you look on SoundCloud, you yeah, like how many Yeah, users? I was just, a
1: lot. I it was so crazy to me because I didn't think that that many people was really going like mess with it as much as they did. Especially being from Detroit, where my sound isn't really like the the mainstream sound. You know what I'm saying? Where like lyricism and you know what I'm saying. People who have my type of style is like not as widely receptive you know what i'm saying that's like the more doughboys or hood sound you know what i'm saying so like actually trap. yeah trap sound so it was like i remember looking after the first month i dropped it at like the beginning of march like like right the week before my birthday my birthday is march the second so it was like the end of february when i dropped it by the end of march it had already had like seventy thousand plays on soundcloud like so i was like this is a seventy thousand. it was like streams not just from detroit or michigan but like all over the world like people in europe and like. Africa and stuff like that I'm like this is crazy and by the end of the year we had crossed like 100,000 plays on SoundCloud which is why I had dropped Hibernation it was kind of like a thank you, I had we w- I had been watching the numbers all year and I was like so around Christmas we should be crossing about 100,000 plays.
0: We get a lot of reception from your own community of people like from school like how would they, they treat you like a celebrity like oh that's Malcolm. You know, <laughs> you
1: know I always and this is why people I like, feel like like me as a person because they like bro you always so you and so humble when i see you it's never like you know you like got a big head or nothing i'm like man because i've seen i know how god works you know you can't the minute you act like you are that he'll take it all away from you and so it's like i just always try to remain myself because it is some people some people rap to me and, and talk to me like i'm jay-z like I'm, i can put them on and other people who don't know me treat me like i'm nothing you know what i'm saying so i've seen both sides of the spectrum where it's like you just got to remain yourself and stay centered and know who you are you know what i'm saying because it's so much like, again, all, everything that glitters is not gold. So everything is not chalked up to what it's uh, like what it seems to be. So, yes, rapping and making music is fun, but now being out here on the scene and networking and going to these different places and just the politics of being an artist, it's a lot of BS that go into it. And so it's like, you know, I got to put up with a lot of BS, but it's like, I do this because I love to do it, you know, not because somebody's paying for me, which is not a blessing Not because I get paid for shows. At the beginning, I wasn't, I was just doing open mics, just trying to get myself out there. Now it's a blessing that people even call my phone and tell me, like, we want you to come rap for an hour, and we'll pay you this much money. You know what I'm saying? To even have an hour worth. Of, some people will struggle to even make a two-minute song. I got, like, I literally have two and a half hours worth of music out already. This is before I even – I'm sitting on, like, three times that of unreleased music. You know what I'm saying? So you got, like, like, a vault. Literally. Like oh, a my vault gosh. Like, of just music, like, all fire. And it's like, man, I want to just release it because it's it's – it's doing no good, you know what I'm saying? When you feel like you have, your, your music serves a purpose in like healing people, like music is medicine, you know what I'm saying? So if you feel like your music heals people and you know, you, I get calls and messages online on SoundCloud and Instagram and people like, you know, this song helped me get through a tough time and this song, you know, really made me think of this one time I was this, this, that, and the third. That's what you do it for, you know what I'm saying? That's that's like my motivation behind it.
0: So you're getting traction, you're getting people like getting a little notoriety. Some, notoriety, some yeah. After Adolescence is when you drop Paradise remix. Right. Or you drop Hibernation right after, and then Paradise. Right. Paradise was the first one after Era?
1: Yeah, that was, I, I dropped that as like the little single before Hibernation, yeah.
0: Malcolm, I was going to ask this. Why you had to do shine like that? <laughs> oh, I didn't How do you body somebody on their own oh song?
1: Hold no, on, I said because no disrespect on the song. I said no disrespect. This no, disrespect. No, no disrespect. No disrespect, but disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I if you do, I feel like he killed it so bad. Like his version, I was like, if I don't kill this, then why am I even do? Like that's anything I do. If I don't kill it, then why am I even doing it? You know what I'm saying? I did on Hibernation. It was like, so b- most of my life, I've been a fan of rap. I only been a rapper like the last three and a half years, going on four years now. So like before I was a, like a rapper, I was a fan of rap, and then like people who I would research, like like the Lupe's and the Jay Z's and Drakes and the J Cos and the Kendricks. All of them have like freestyles over certain beats. You feel me? Where it's almost like a rite of passage as a rapper. Like, if you want to be taken serious as a as a MC, then you have to have a closer to my dreams freestyle. You have to have a dead president's freestyle. You have to have a. That's what was my perception, at least as a fan of rap. So now as a rapper, I was like, dang, I can go rap over all these. You know, I can make a mixtape and rap over all these beats now. So it was like I went and I was like, hibernation was like it wasn't a story like the first one. It was more like a concept of just sleep people sleeping on you and you sleeping on yourself because like i said i feel like i was sleeping on myself because most of my life i didn't even know i had this gift or ability to just connect with people through words you know what i'm saying
0: so you're saying all your life you never had that little urge like we hear the hot little Lupe <laughs> i, I never like was like i don't want
1: to be a rapper i all, lupe was actually my favorite rapper growing up because i really admired his lyricism and just his message he was the first rapper where i felt like his words was like poetic, you know what I'm saying? Where it was like things he was saying, his message was super deep and then his wordplay and his metaphors like was like next level, like top tier. And I don't know I don't know if you remember Bria Hill, but Bria Hill, I remember. Yeah, uh, yeah. Bria Hill actually put me on a Lupe. Actually, when I first heard Lupe, it was like on a video game. I heard Kick Push, and to be honest, I wasn't really messing with Kick Push like that. It was kind of boring to me. Like when I first heard it as a kid, You had to grow on you. you had to grow. No, I, I Kick Push is fire to me now, but it was like back then I was like, it's kind of boring. So Bria came to school one day and was like, "Listen to this song by Lupe called Little Weapon," and I was like, "All right, for sure, listen to it. It was fire." And I was like, all right, bet. He was the first person I wanted to look up every single song, every lyric, every everything. I was like, this guy is. This next I, binge. He's, I binged Lupe. And then Lupe, you know, he got so many collabs with Kanye and Pharrell and Most Def and Tyler Kwali and Jay Z. It made me go look up other people's stuff. But it started with Lupe. And I feel like it, you could hear it a lot in my stuff because where I think Lupe lost people is that Lupe was really, really lyrical and really over people here. And it was like only like really really smart people was getting what Lupe was putting down and like a lot so in 6th grade I'm like telling my peers like my classmates like bro you got to listen to this they are like bro this is cool <laughs> but this is it ain't all that it's, it's, it
0: ain't, it's ain't no deeper well, I, well. I, <laughs> could, I
1: could just I could just tell it was just too over their head though you know what I'm saying and so that's kind of where in era lessons I feel like I'm kind of a little bit too over people's heads but I'm still kind of walking that line but like I try not to be I try to walk that line where like even like the like the trappist of trap people can understand what I'm saying and the people who, who appreciate really good double entendres and metaphors will appreciate me, too. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like being a fan of Lupe taught me, you know what I'm saying, you can't be too over people heads. You got to at least be somewhere where they can reach you at. You know what I'm saying? You got to um, have that balance. That balance. And I feel like I have a great balance. I feel like because most of my stuff is, is not even about like, the, like my lyricism or it's just about, you know, me painting the picture and you being able to relate to what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying?
0: So is Lupe is like so? Who is like the top three people? Somebody from like a label said so that like you can collab with anybody in the world. If top I can collab with
1: anybody in the world, you get three people. I get three people: Beyonce, Frank Ocean. Um, in no particular order. Um, Beyonce, Frank Ocean, and. It's like Kanye real controversial right now. Cause I Minus I like the Kanye. controversy. Kinda, controversy. I, as an artist, Kanye is amazing. It's just like, you know, and like probably one of the, Kanye's probably the celebrity I feel like I identify the most with. And you feel me? And it's like before all the Donald Trump stuff. Like, I was like, I have been saying that for years. Like, dog, Kanye is like.
0: And speaking of Kanye, do you feel that with all the controversy, Do you f- does it make you have a hard time listening to him sometimes? Or you just just stick with the old music. For me, I just stick with yeah, the old I old, old, music, old Kanye, Kanye music.
1: You know, and it's kind of where I am with Kanye. It's like I listen to Kanye, old Kanye. Old Kanye is almost biblical to a point where he's just saying the stuff he's saying is so real. It's like dog. You hear what he's saying? But it's like the new Kanye. It, it's it's Kinda, it's kind of it's kind of like it feels like he's kind of wave hopping almost, where it's like he sees somebody bubbling up and he kind of just you know he could take somebody and make them bigger than what they are, but because Kanye has that type of influence, you know what I'm saying. But I feel like right now we in a we in a weird age of like social media and stuff, where like even like the artists who was popping on back then or have already built like a legit following, are are trying to stay like. You know, relevant and high, You know, be young or whatever, or appeal to that younger crowd. You know what I'm saying? No,
0: it's so true because I was j- I Usher just released a recent album. Now, don't get me wrong, I love Zaytoven, mm-hmm. amazing producer. Mm-hmm. But my issue with Zaytoven, no, my not issue with Zaytoven, my issue with Usher' latest project is that this is not Usher. I'm like Usher, you're a- you 30-something years old. Authentic. You know. Now, only I th- person that get away with trap beats like that mm-hmm. is um, like a Two chains because. That is his stitch. He can't mm-hmm. in ass. He can yeah. go out ass. But we know you as R&B. It did too much of trying to sound like somebody else. The other person that can get away with that is Drake.
1: Drake. Argue me
0: if you want. But Drake, Drake. he can get away. He d- Drake, he we, we
1: let Drake get away with a lot of <laughs> stuff. Though. We let Drake slide with a lot He's smooth. of stuff.
0: He's a smooth criminal, he man. He's a
1: smooth criminal who changed his accent every other song. Yes. Man. One minute he
0: Jamaican. Next minute he... Don't know what want to
1: be. We let Drake uh, we, let, we let him slide with a lot of he stuff. Let slide. But as far as like... Like, I would say even, I haven't even heard Usher's new album, but it was even some songs that he got on the radio that's, like, been recently released today. It's kind of like, some of them weren't, like, this got that song with Young Thug wasn't that bad. But it was like, the, the shorty, I don't
0: mind. Yeah, I was like, I was like, "Eh." like this is
1: kind of pushing it for you, Usher. And even, like, even the Beyonce and Jay-Z thing where, like, I know they brought Migos in to write some of those songs, and people just going for that, like, kind of trap soul kind of sound, where it's kind of like... I feel like you you got to do it right if you do it. Like, I, you know, I know Usher from, like, the Confessions age, yeah. and that's what we all loved and fell in love with Usher. That was, like, the classic Usher, but it's, like, people want to – I can't fault somebody for for trying to change with the times, because, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, if you're not changing and you're not growing, but it's it's still, like, authenticity and, you know what I'm saying, like, it's you could evolve as an artist without trying to conform to what you think – you still keep like your people. essence. Yeah, you without trying to conform to what people what you think people want to hear. Like when you t- when you as an artist when you try to make music for what you think people want to hear as opposed to what you think people need to hear, then it's like you can start kind of hearing it in your. And then I I don't know what Usher's deal is as far as like like his label or who mm. he signed to or whatever. Because a lot of times it's not even on the artist. Like sometimes the labels like it's you like have you no need to be young and you, you have no choice. Like you're under con- you're under contract. This is the beat. Make a song out of it. And that's know the issues
0: of being on the controversy and being independent. But my question for you is, like, how do you develop your sound? And um, what, how did you even develop your sound? Figure out your sound cause hearing Hearing um, your your projects, I hear, like, later on, later projects, you start developing, like, a certain sound. You come yeah. into yourself. And I
1: feel like as an artist, that's your biggest struggle is trying to develop your own specific sound. Like, people hear Chance the Rapper and immediately know that's Chance the Rapper because Chance has developed his own sound now. Me, it was like when I first started rapping, most of my life people knew me as just Malcolm the saxophone player. So it was like I really wanted to like go hard on like the rap part because I just wanted to like solidify myself as a rapper, drop enough rap stuff to where people will be like, okay, he's a legit rapper. After I did that for so long, like the recent song I just released, like Save the Day, that was like a change of pace song for me because it was more singing more harmonies more melodies in it it really had a rap verse in it but it wasn't like you know really lyrical it was like more so just me and it was like the first song i had dropped in maybe like six months so it was like i really wanted to show like my fan base like my evolution as an artist like where my music is headed towards you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um because i can sing because i can do all these other things like. But I, at first, when I first came out, I just wanted to solidify, solidify myself as like a rapper. You know what I'm saying?
0: And then being an artist, like you like, and you hear that through your songs, like you rap and you sing. I'm mm-hmm. like, what he about to do? I don't mm-hmm. know.
1: Yeah, you <laughs> want that type of like unpredictable. I don't. I never. I hate when I could like somebody drops music and I'm like, I already know what that's gonna sound like. Meek Mill yes. drops music. I know this. I know Meek Mill. I know what it's gonna sound like he, he gonna be yell- you know yelling. He will be yelling, be yelling at mouth. me the f- <laughs> whole. Thirteen tracks. He be yelling at me. The whole I know this. I need meeking it up. I know what it is. I I never wanted people to click on a song and be like, I know what this gonna sound like. I wanted to be like surprise. Like bring out melodies, play some saxophone or whatever. But just know I have the bars on standby i can pull them out at any time you know what i'm saying
0: yes i feel like i think that's one of the reasons we talked about earlier about drake mm-hmm. we don't know what drake about to yeah, do yeah like. that's the
1: only thing is that you really don't know what you're gonna get and that's and that's partly that's partially why people are you know people you keep people's interest because people don't know what you're gonna do you want somebody somebody's like versatile enough to where it's like oh, all of these songs starting to sound the same you know what i'm saying where it's like you don't want that you want a person where it's like you know I'm like Kendrick, Kendrick is even if he he's yeah. not really like a, a singer, Kendrick knows how to use his voice as like an instrument to where and like just musically, he he's always throwing gunshots and beat changes and he's always doing something. He even like
0: different characters. You
1: know what I'm saying? He always doing something fresh to where it's like, it's unpredictable almost, you know? And that's, that's what you want from an artist. You want something that's, you know, it's going to keep you interested the whole time, you know?
0: Yeah, I don't want to go listen to a song like they dropped a song like, ugh. That's I, I, I know what they about to say.
1: Anything is where you don't want to watch a movie and be like, I know the plot. I know how this is going to end like five minutes into the movie. It's like, I know how this is going to go. Right, I've I'm like seen the same story like 30 times. You know, like you want some, something that's going to keep your interest, keep hitting you with new, different things like the whole time. So that's kind of where I'm like trying to approach it from.
0: So, But to do that, you have it's all about the producer. Producers play such an impeccable yeah. role Production in into songs because for me growing up, I know I'll listen. If a song want to keep my attention, it got to be that beat. Mm -hmm. If that first 15 seconds don't get me, click. The lyrics could be. But
1: nowadays, it's it's the same thing. It's really just like now society puts, I feel, too much emphasis on the beat and not enough emphasis or responsibility on the artist. Because there's a lot of songs out where. The person is saying anything, and the beat is so fire. People was like this song is hard. I'm like, no, this beat is hard. Right, it's a difference. Is the difference. The lyrics is suck. Is the lyrics is not not really anything. Like it was in this, I will literally be like, bro, the beat is so hard. You could have said anything on this. You and could it, say A B C, and B. it would have been fire. It would have been fire. Like this beat is really hard. Like I'm not denying that, but it's like, you know, half the time I hear stuff is like I think I'm the greatest. So I just be like, this is what y'all like for real. This is. This is not really Im- – I'm not to. easily <laughs> impressed by stuff i be hearing, especially in, like, the rap community. Like, I don't know. Like, the the awards, it's, c- like, the – um called the Underground Hip Hop Awards, and then they do them in, like, Michigan every year. Mm-hmm. Um And so, like, the nominations just came out, and so I had got nominated for uh Best Performer in, like, the city or whatever. Well, congrats. But thank you. I appreciate it. But it was, like, s- other categories. I was kind of mad I didn't get nominated for, like, Best Lyricist best songs and stuff like that i'm like what's going on like it I'm, is rigged i'm pretty well versed in every artist in the city and i'm like if i if i'm not getting nominated for best lyricist then who is like i'm I really trying not check and, his i think. need no the thing is i have already and i'm like oh. i'm let me go back and maybe i wasn't hearing it right the first time but who spilled
0: the tea who is it I'm i don't know like.
1: <laughs> i gotta go look at the list again but all i know is it's cool to be nominated. It's cool to even be on the radar, but, but you know.
0: Back to beats. Who would be okay? We saw. So we talked about your top three dream collapse. Mm-hmm. Now, who would be your top three producers?
1: Producers,
0: uh, for like what, what camp? Like Dream really Team I camp, OVO uh, camp. Like I love for real.
1: I love Timberland. You know what I'm saying? That's two. Uh, that's two. Uh, who else do I really, 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 really like? Uh, I'm trying to think. I to put him in there again, but Kanye, I love Kanye. Like Kanye is so good. Like,
0: I take away his comments.
1: Yeah, like music, he, musically, musically he's, he's amazing. He's amazing. He, you know, like I love Kanye's production. I love his beats. Um, uh, but I can see why you
0: chose Kanye because when I think of when I think about your sound, because we about to get into um the songs from Hibernation. Mm-hmm. You like, I hear the that band sound mm-hmm. like. The instrumentation, not like just a digital one, like you hear like the real like sound. And one of your songs even had like your, you even played the saxophone, mm-hmm. and I can see that with like Kanye, especially Pharrell, because um, one song is one of my favorite songs from Kanye from the Graduation album, "Flashing Lights." Mm-hmm. Those violins, yeah. those strings, Man, it's like something else. Yeah. And then Pharrell, he always. He's just
1: a, another genius. Yeah, this is. Uh, and this is. It's about being innovative. Like, if you want to do something, like, be the best at it, you got to think about. It's a billion other people doing what you want to do, like, at all times. No matter what you want to do, it's a million other people. So, you got to think about how are you going to affect the industry and, and what ways can you take what other people are doing and, like, innovate. You know what I'm saying? And just do it differently. Like, it's so many times I'll. Like, as. Like, because I was younger when Kanye put out all of those other songs. So, I'll go back and listen to it now and I'm like, dude, this is so crazy. Like, even on. Um, like, My Beautiful, Dark, Twisted Fantasy, which is I feel like is, like, one of his, like, best bodies of work. um, Especially off of production, just a pr- from a production standpoint. But, like, uh, like that song, Run Away, where he's, like, just playing that one note on the piano. And yes. then just, like, he just, it's so, like, you know, like, revolutionary to me. I'm like, man, this is crazy. It's
0: this out the crazy.
1: box. It's out the box. It's and that's different. what you
0: have to do. And that's what I like about your mixtape is that. My hibernation sound like number 1 you start owning your sound. Mm-hmm. I start seeing like a little trend. Mm-hmm. And then it's like a flow.
1: Yeah. I feel like I was getting I was what I what I'm happy about in my maturity. I feel like my flow has matured from like the era of adolescence to hibernation to like the when I was doing the word play Wednesdays um like I feel like I can hear the maturity in my flow like even like in my writing where I can feel like here I used a lot of words and I could have said the same thing with less words, you know what I'm saying? And more breaths. Like I could hear it in my writing to where It's just everything just fl- is more natural sounding, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I didn't have to cut or, you know what I'm saying, uh, punch in or I could just do the whole thing. Some of them I could do those in one take, you know. Right. Or it just it just flow I could hear it in my writing my f- my maturity and my flow. So that's kind of that's one of the things I feel like I'm kind of proud of.
0: So hibernation come out mm-hmm. when you're what year in school you in?
1: This is now um it's the end, it's, it, I dropped it on Christmas. So it was like the end of like my first semester of sophomore year okay. of uh my college.
0: So what was your mind at this time? Like what inspired these lists? My it mind like you said was really it was like, like, like I you was, was still you know going, you going th- at
1: I was happy about how the music was going and how I I was being received around the city, how people was like, you know, really becoming fans of me. Um school was still stressing me up. School still stressing me out. I was, it was around finals time. I was still going through it with school. But it was, like, not as much as around the first time, like, the previous year. Because this before that, it was, like, I was performing, but people didn't really – I didn't have no music out. So, this by this time, I had music out for almost a year. And I was working on hibernation. I'm still performing and doing shows. And so, um, this hibernation was more so just, like, a thank you to, like, the fans and supporters of – you know, for, like, rocking with the music and helping us get to, like, 100K, you know.
0: Yeah, it sounded a lot more positive. Yeah, it know? was way
1: more positive. And I was in it was like I, I was in a different space. I feel like the era of adolescence, I had so much stuff, like, built up and so much stuff I wanted to say and get across, especially, like, with the story and stuff like that, that hibernation I didn't have to put that much thought into. I just picked a whole bunch of beats that I thought were cohesive and would like, share that same, like, central idea of just sleep. You know what I'm saying? Like, whether you sleeping on yourself or whether somebody's sleeping on you. Um, and so you got songs like Sweet Dreams, Closer to My Dreams. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Just songs like that where you feel like, you know, people are sleeping on you. And I threw in, I wanted to do a good mix of, like, old school and new school stuff, too. Because, like I said, I wanted to do Closer to My Dreams and, like, The Dead Presidents. But I also wanted to mix in, like, The Paradise. Around that time, it was like Big Sean had just came out with, like, uh... Was that Dark Sky Paradise or mm-hmm. whatever? So it was like I wanted to mix in Paradise. I mixed in um, Sweet Dreams is actually a beat from Joey Badass. Um, that you know it was it was a couple of newer ones on there. One hundred the mm-hmm. Drake in the game. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like some newer beats on there. So I wanted people to still kind of be r- like relate to that, you know.
0: No, for real. For it was really good, and it was like okay, a little more positive and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then on this time, do your parents know about your rapping? Yeah,
1: yeah, they they knew about it. Like,
0: was it like, did they feel like it was gonna be a threat to school, or they were just like, oh, this is just a little I hobby?
1: Feel like the minute I started, they knew it was gonna be a threat to school. It was like I'm <laughs> a, i am I was telling them like I'm gonna try to finish. I'm gonna do my very best to juggle both. But it was like stuff like was picking up so fast. I feel like it was just like I said. When it boiled down to it, it was just not enough hours in a day
0: at that time. Mm-hmm. Cause you said it was on Christmas time, mm-hmm. so. Cross your parents know about it was it like an awkward time doing like the family dinners like uh, messing with that music <laughs> mm,
1: I feel like you could like my parents are really passive aggressive so mm-hmm. it was like I feel like even if it wasn't nothing being said you could kind of feel it you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. or like you know um it was some classes I had to take over because um uh, I didn't pass them so it was like that next semester I was like and it was really this was a really kind of discouragement school. I had not passed the class and had bought a book for it. And then like the next year I had to take the class again. I had to get another book for the same class. And I was like, dog, it was like it was just it was essentially the same book. And I was like, man. See, this is what I'm talking about. This That's is what I'm this is I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. I was How's like, like it's a scam. I was like, dog, I just took this class. You told me I got to get another book. This book is like $300.
0: College will break you.
1: Dog, make or break you. And I was like, it just it just pushed me, like I said, more so to where I was supposed to be in life. And so, like I said, I don't regret. School made me a better musician. I took ear training and, and vocal classes and things like that. So I came out of college a better musician, but the decision to leave was like, I was in, like, analytical techniques where we was, like, described, like, not describing, transcribing, like, Beethoven's, like, third sonata. And at that point, I'm like, I'm a rapper. I'm like, I don't really need to know how to do any of this unless I'm going to be, like, an educator or something. Like, a lot of stuff, it was like, I don't need to do this unless I'm going to be, like, a music teacher or something. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't really need to learn this. And so I I feel like I had learned all I could musically or all I needed to learn from school musically, you You know. You reached your peak. Yeah, and especially, like, as a result, like, Most rappers aren't musicians, you know. I'm saying I have like a huge like advantage over everybody, all my other peers, because I actually get chords and harmonies and progressions and things like that, you know, intonation and just everything musicians identify with.
0: So I know you write. Mm -hmm. Uh, You do anything like producing? Producing.
1: I actually just like bought like a MIDI board and an electric saxophone and a pad. So I'm I'm really just now start. I really recently made my first beat like two weeks ago, and so I, I. literally just now dabbling with the beats and stuff but um production is is something i really wanted to get into i probably should have got into it waste way sooner but i just work with so many great producers and engineers that's around me in the city that you know really is just like i just want to worry about like the raps and making the song and things like that but um yeah production is is something i want to get into
0: production is very, very interesting. It's mm-hmm. not for the faint hearted Not for the faint of heart, but
1: it's, again, it's like, when I first started writing, like I said, it was just, s- I was at a point where I just wanted to get stuff off my chest and mm-hmm. just express myself, and so that's kind of like the mindset I like to keep at any time I'm, like, creating, where it's just, like, I'm just gonna say what's on my heart, what I feel, what I'm thinking about, whatever
0: that's so good to be able to express yourself especially in this time where um a lot of men feel like they can't really express express yeah. themselves. Have you always been felt like you can express how you feel or it took you time to come into that?
1: Um I feel like I was more so I kind of credit um middle school for kind of helping me get out my shell. I was kind of like the straight 4.0 quiet student um all until I went to Edison and like I remember getting there in 5th grade and um uh, Like in fifth grade in the the lunchroom, they used to sit girls on one end of the table and they sit guys on the the other end of the (laughs) table. And when I first got there, I just ain't know nobody, so I just sat in the middle.
0: What year did you come to Edison?
1: I got there in fifth grade. Oh
0: okay, so you got there like two years. before. Two it. years before you, oh yeah. Yep.
1: And so, um, I didn't know nobody, so I was kind of sitting in the middle of the table. And so, you know, back then it was like your mama jokes was real high, people playing the dozens. But I mean you, you, what you the know, yes, you know, I was thing c- y'all by, <laughs> the t- by the time, no, look, but this is this is what I was saying. Wait till I get there, because by the time you got there, I had already transformed into who I was. But I'm saying when I when I first got there, I was not the person you met. That's what I'm saying. I was really quiet. Straightforward, like, cause my mama before I went to Edison, I went to Paul Robeson, and my mama was a teacher at Paul Robeson. So you know, when your mama in the school with you, you know, you own your P's and Q's. You know what I'm saying? My mama was an educator. My dad got his master's degree. He was an electrical engineer. So my parents was really heavy on like school stuff. From Jump Street, mm-hmm. I I couldn't really slip on school, so I was always you know on some school stuff. So when I got there in fifth grade, it was like you know I remember sitting in the middle of the table and like Eric Ellis and Devin Robinson. Woo! It would be down there playing the dozens, your mama jokes, this, is that, and the third. And I remember one day, they all, like, all the guys had slid to the middle of the table and where I was. And, you know, me, I didn't really know what to expect. I'm a young fifth grader. I'm like, what's going on? You know, I didn't know if I was going to have to fight somebody. (laughs) I didn't know what was going on, you know. And so I remember, like, Devin said something, and I said something back to him. And it was like, I was so quiet that the fact that I just said anything back to him made everybody go, oh, snap, the quiet place started cooking them all snap oh so it was like you know and then from there it was like every day at lunch we would just all be going in on each other by the time sixth grade rolled around i had already been like labeled class i went from quiet 4.0 boy to i was still good in school but like class clown almost Th-
0: that's what i can i'm not surprised that you're really good at freestyle you really got thinking on your feet mm-hmm. because you and your crew is the reason why i get excited
1: <laughs> i'm trying to tell they you
0: what i remember one time arabia if you're listening i'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> It's a story time. A quick story that one time, Mr. Shaheed class, right?
1: Mr. Shaheed,
0: oh my! He God. left the room. He left the room, and you, you and Arabia did not get along. We did not. And I remember, I don't know if it was a water bug or a roach. and You said, "Arabia, there you go, your family," and it was like oh, so out of at nowhere. And I oh, kid you not, oh, I'm I so sorry. I cried. I laughed so hard, I almost cried. And you kept going, like kept you was on your feet. On
1: her, you was going not, so quick, like,
0: like I kid you not. It was like a mile a minute. Like uh. she didn't even have time to even respond. And I feel so bad, cop I'm just like, no.
1: And this is a part where I feel like all my stars aligned. Because back then, I didn't know like they was preparing me to think on my feet or nothing. Like, I didn't think about all the things that I was like, the lessons I was garnishing at that time period in my life. I just was like, this is fun. Obviously, I had to think on my feet all the time because Eric Ellis was not taking no days off. You know, Never. it was every day <laughs> at lunch. It was like we going at it every time. It doesn't matter. It was like, okay. You can't have somebody put you on hush mode. You can't have somebody just have you there stuck. I got to come up with a joke or people going to laugh or whatever. No,
0: you guys, Depsa, Adi- Detroit Edison Public School Academy, if you don't know, it was ruthless. ruthless. It was door We down. made it
1: loose. We made it <laughs> ruthless.
0: But it was like, even though we was
1: kind of harsh at some points, it was like, it was never like... It was funny. Fun, you know what I'm It was never like in bad t- I never was like super ruthless to the point where I just ain't care, except for like Arabia because she had it out for me. But <laughs> it was like... But like so, like by the time you got there, like by sixth grade, I was already like class clown. So by like, you got there in seventh grade, I was like two years in of mm-hmm. already just being class clown. So I f- apologize. I don't really remember a lot of it. But I I was, if like I <laughs> ever if I ever said anything to you, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was forgiven. I'm not. The, I'm not the same person <laughs> I was back then. But like again, it was like. And when I got to high school, it was, like, basically back to who I was when I got there in fifth grade. Because you can't really go into high school with a whole bunch of grown people that's about to go to college and think you're about to go in there playing so like the dozens.
0: stuff you Right. Doing. You know what
1: I'm saying? So I was more so just hopped on, like, the music stuff really heavy, like, back on my saxophone. And then, like, when I got to Renaissance, it was a lot of stuff going on with the band. Like, we went to, we toured Europe my freshman year when we got there. Mm-hmm. Um, when we came back from Europe, we, you know, did the Evening of the Fine Arts, that was down at the Fox Theater, and so it was, like, it was so much going on. We was fundraising to go to Europe the whole year, like, when I got there, so it was so much going on on the music, and I was trying to do baseball still, it was just, I didn't even have time for a lot of BS, and, like, Renaissance is, like, you know, academics is heavy, so it was, like, I had too much going on.
0: So... When you went to Europe, mm-hmm. what was your experience? Did you feel like you helped? Did you, uh, help you get your sound in Europe? First of all, what parts of Europe did you go to? I just went to Europe last year.
1: We went. It was a ten day, ten country tour of Europe, and we went to Vienna, Venice, Salzburg, uh, Switzerland, uh, France. Uh, was play a couple did places. Did you go to Paris? Germany. I don't. We didn't go to Paris. Uh, we went some other places in France, like it was like Frankfurt or something. Okay. Like that, but it was like we w- it was ten days, ten countries, and it was like we was obviously like over there as like tourists, but it was like it made me feel like what a traveling musician would feel like because we took our mm-hmm. orchestra, our symphony band, our jazz band, and it was some venues we played at where the orchestra didn't play, and it was some venues we played at where the symphony band didn't play, but jazz band played at every single. So it wasn't like some people got a day off, some people g- like just got to be in the show and watch other people perform and then go. Tour and it was like no, I was dressed every time. Mm-hmm. Jazz band played at every event, every school.
0: So it seemed like, like you said, everything went like, You getting preparing to t- how to tour, tour just on the other
1: side of the world. I remember waking up at like four in the morning and load a bus full of instruments and drive like six hours to the next country mm-hmm. and then get off the bus, set up for a school full of kids that don't even speak English. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, it was, it was like, it was cool though. It was like, it was really wild. The scenery, like we went to the real Disney Palette. It was beautiful. It was and crazy. The yeah yeah so So, people like just different culture like people walked away more it was way less cars you know what i'm saying it was like just and i was like 14 15 so it was like it was really like for me it was crazy
0: did that help with your sound too like you're i think me being
1: a musician and like a saxophone player definitely helps me as like a writer and like you know helps my ear like my ear is like all over the place Mm -hmm. like so Mm -hmm. many ideas come at once but and were you
0: still, like, very open with your emotions? Like, okay, so, like, in middle school, you was very quiet. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you start becoming more outgoing. Right. Express expressive with yourself. In high school, did you, were you still expressive? Or were you just so busy, you didn't get a chance to even... Well, you
1: know, I, I like I said, I, I credit, like, my time at Edison for me come out my shell. And mm-hmm. by the time I got to high school, it was like, you know, high school, you people, like, get clicked up. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I would say I was, like, technically a band geek, but I was always in the band room. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But everybody knew I was just... I was cool. With, I was really cool with everybody. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I had a... Great person. I, I always was able to talk to people, but it was like, and even th- like before, I was like, you no, know, going back and forth with Eric and them. I was still good at talking to people. It was just like you would have to talk to me to know that right. I was really cool. You know what I'm saying? But now I was like, I could go in and mix and mingle with pretty much anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like you put yourself
0: in any room, and then you got to college, and you mm-hmm. start doing the poetry. The and poetry, and yeah, that's when so like rabbit came up. So now you feel like you more in a space to express yourself, because mm-hmm. like like I said earlier, a lot of especially young black men they don't feel like they can express themselves. Or, like, like, say, like, you know, air adolescents, you hear a lot of emotions and, like, fears and, mm-hmm. you know, and being able to say it because everyone always feels like they got to be hard all the time. Yeah. And, but you and you stay true to yourself.
1: Yeah, you got to tra- stay true to yourself. I feel like, you, you're you right, a lot of people, a lot of males specifically feel like they can't or they look as weak if they express themselves or their feelings. And I feel like I come to a lot of girls who I talk to and they, like, are shocked that I'm as in touch with myself as you know emotionally or whatever as i am but i it, I feel like it comes from writing when you write a lot you get to know yourself which is why i tell everybody they should write not even it not doesn't have to be poetry or anything but you got like a diary or a journal just jot down some a couple thoughts you know what i'm saying here and there maybe once or twice a week every day you know whatever mm-hmm. your pace is but just do it and then like months later or years later you'll come back and then you remember like where you were at that time what space you was in what type Did of problem journal? I don't know. M- music is my journal, okay. like, me writing songs. <laughs> you don't no, like diary? <laughs> no, I don't have a diary. Song. all my di- all my songs are are hidden messages to myself, you mm. know what I'm saying? So it's like in every one of the songs it's like I drop gems in every one of my verses cuz I write each verse like it's my last one, like, you know, it's like this is what I'm going through at this time. This is what I feel like people need to hear or, you know, relate to. Um and so yeah, I I tell everybody, I feel like everybody should write, you know, in some type of form, you know what I'm saying? Um
0: Poetry, at least something. So just like just It not right, gotta get be get your, poetry. Get just get your just
1: get your thoughts out. Just get your thoughts on paper, and then you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised how much you you find out about yourself. You yeah. know, I'm saying yeah. that's the biggest thing. Is like a lot of people, and because I write so much, and I'm so like like it's a lifestyle. You know, so I tell people mm. who ask me about advice on this, it's like you just gotta live it. You just has got to become a lifestyle. But what I tell people is like the more you do it. The more you learn about yourself and as a result like i've done it for so long I, kn- I really know myself and so i have to expect that most people i come into contact with don't know themselves as well as i know myself
0: and you know yourself so well that you know you can just kill other people's songs because <laughs> we go going to hibernation too we're going to hibernate we wake up we're going to hibernation again
1: hibernation too yeah
0: and the T Grizzly mix. The and you know Grizzly. what's yeah. so crazy? Did you ever had dreams of like maybe opening it up because you released, when did you release the T Grizzly mix for Hibernation Two? Well when did you release <sighs> Hibernation you, Two?
1: Hibernation mix? Two was a culmination of all the songs I did from a web series I was doing called Wordplay Wednesday where every week I was dropping a different freestyle on my page. And was and this with
0: uh a a radio station or it was
1: no, it was just like a promotion type of thing mm-hmm. where I wanted to get people ready for everything else I was doing and so I you know um it was a lot of more beats that I wanted to do I didn't know like which what I was going to do I didn't know where I was at musically or like project wise but I was like I want to release something cuz I haven't released something in a long time and so I was like let and me you just hear
0: the T Grizzly mix he was mm. like let me body this mm-hmm.
1: I was eight, like I said each beat I, I can feel like I body everything so everything was, like was
0: amazing but T Grizzly really caught me off guard yeah. cuz <laughs> like you know I'm listening to it and I'm like because, like I said, Hibernation 2 is amazing. But Teaglia really stood out to me because it's like, I'm so, I hear that all the time. Yeah. And then hear somebody else do it. Cause you know, people do remix songs like, yeah. oh okay, this is a popular song. Next. But when you did it, it's like, okay, I, I almost don't even want to listen to the <laughs> T part. <laughs> <laughs> I and, mean. And then when you read it, and what date did you release And then what, how far was that from the date where you uh, opened, opened up? Opened up
1: for him. For him so... The first one in, like, the chain of, like, Hibernation 2 was, like, actually was, like, the uh the Aaliyah beat, where it's, like, mm-hmm. uh, Are You That Somebody? That was the first one I did, and I to be honest, I'm trying to think, I think it was, like, early January, like, January of, like, last year, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I had, a r- I had for 20 weeks, it was 20, we did 20 of them, so it was 20 weeks straight, so however many months 20 weeks is, I don't know. Uh we are going to say a few months. Five, I would say five months, mm-hmm. like, five months worth of just music. Uh, and then at the end of twenty weeks, I w- i felt like I was just oversaturating people. I was just dropping too much, and it was like, you know, people was almost taking these bars for granted. And I was like, all right, so I'm gonna take all twenty of these, and I'm gonna put them in a the mixtape and call it Hibernation Two, and I'm putting it on SoundCloud, Because a lot of people was telling me to put them on SoundCloud mm-hmm. because they was like, these are so sweet. I can only listen to them on your Instagram page. So it was like, well I'm like, I'm putting them on on SoundCloud so I could can, can listen to them and download them or whatever um and so i put them on soundcloud and so that's probably like a year ago i didn't open up to for t grizzly until uh, a couple months yeah probably like a year later
0: wow divine
1: you know (laughs) um again like i feel like all my stars just started aligns like now like when i look back like on top of like just like in sixth grade just every day just you know go at the lunch table playing the dozens of people, learning how to think quick on my feet, and then, you know, studying music at the collegiate level. And then, like, thinking about my parents, who they are. Like, my mom, when she was younger, she was in a music group. um, And now she's a math teacher, but she still does. Everybody on my mom's side of the family is, like, artsy in some Mm -hmm. type of fact. They all paint, draw something. My mom was an architect for a minute. You know what I'm saying? She was, like, artsy. My dad. He he plays sports but like the male, like the Elliott men in my family, on my dad's side of the family, are notorious. Like family reunions, all of that are notorious for being able to tell stories. Like like captivate big groups of crowds, just telling you any outrageous, outlandish Story from their childhood or whatever.
0: So you said Ellie men are storytellers. Yeah. So any crazy? What's like the wildest, craziest like performance story? Because you've been performing. The a T lot. Grizzly
1: concert was wild. They so started. What they, at T T started they started banging. They started scrapping like in there.
0: This August, right?
1: This is like past August, yeah. So. So th-
0: how? What was the craziest thing that happened?
1: The craziest thing happened. So at the T Grizzly concert, and I'm am not, not gonna say it's Snapdog fault, but I feel like he brought that energy into St. Andrew. So like you know people. It was the DJ Coalition's six-year anniversary, and so they had, like, pretty much every, like, well-known artist in the city there, like, you know what I'm saying, that wasn't, like, Eminem or Big Sean, you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So it was, like, T. Grizzly, Sada, Snapdog, Nisha Nishay, Bria Leslie, me, Be Free, a whole bunch of people from the music scene that are kind of, like, popping right now, and so, you know, G.T., um. So, Snapdog gets there. He, you know, Snapdog. He rode deep wherever he go. He got an entourage. His entourage coming to Saint Andrews on tip. You know what I'm saying? Wow. And you know, security kind of get them calmed down. And he perform his. All his people come up on stage with him. You know, get rowdy. And then, I guess, you know, there's some other artists who had entourages there, too. So, by the time they got Snapdog off the stage, got him to leave the building, you know what I'm saying? They were gone, but, like, you could just feel – he brought that, like, energy, that rowdy energy into the room. So, I guess it was somebody else performing on stage with their entourage. And it was, like, my man who was, like, hosting the show was, like – he had to tell Snapdog people to get off the stage, like, four or five times. No, it wasn't a fight, but it was – you thought it was going to be a fight just the way, like, the energy was. He was like – he had to tell him like, four or five times, like, can y'all get off the stage so we can keep the show going? I can't bring up the next act until y'all get off the stage. So it was a lot of controversy getting them off the stage. By the time they got him off the stage and to the door, it was almost – I was in the atrium, like – Right there, like three feet from this, is how I can tell you. Like, Snapdog is about to fight some. I've got. I don't know if it's my man's on stage, but he's about to fight somebody. Somebody's like, gonna Bro. get whooped. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I was like, I was just praying my man's who was about to fight. Now snap- i was like, don't fight him. He got 20 people with him. Don't do this. Like you know what I'm you saying? Gonna, you gonna lose. You huh? gonna lose. You gonna, you gonna, gonna lose. lose. You are to You gonna <laughs> lose. So it was like after they got Snapdog him out the building. You know what I'm saying?
0: The energy is back alive. This
1: this is the wildest part. So my home girl, her name is Chanel. She was an assistant for 12, which is like the manager or whatever of the DJ coalition who put the whole show together she's the one who, she met uh, she met me at the rich homie show and saw my band and was like I need y'all to come do this at the T Grizzly show so it was like she my girl Chanel is an assistant for 12. Chanel tells me as I'm standing in the atrium I'm watching the show from the atrium I can see the stage in the in the main like ballroom or whatever she comes up to me she was like in like five minutes is going to be a dude who walks through that door with a big bag for the chicken wings and was, she was like, "It's a for t grizzly. T grizzly's downstairs." I was like, "All right, bet." She was like, "When you come in, just come down there with me. You can meet him." I'm like, "All right, bet." I was like, "What happened was like they had ordered his wings and they put him in like the VIP room, and everybody in the VIP room ate his chicken wings. So it was like he was mad about it. So the guy comes in with the bag of chicken wings. I see him right as I'm about to walk down there with Chanel, and this guy, one of the people from the crowd, was like, "Hey, bro, y'all, y'all said it was dope. Can I get a picture?" I'm like, "All right, bet." So. I take a picture with this with my mans. I'm like, all right, bet, You know what I'm saying? Try to get to Chanel because there's a guy standing in, in, like, the stairwell so that anybody couldn't just come downstairs. So I walk up to my mans. I'm like, hey, I'm supposed to be with my homegirl. My mans who just went down there with that back of chicken. So he was like, um, okay, let me go get him, make sure we we'll whoop. It's a guy who I told you to, like, people who want to manage me is this guy named big who also is uh-huh. part of dj coalition he was going down the stairs, and i seen him and i was like oh just get big he'll tell you that he'll let you know to let me down there so he like hey big can you come here real quick my man say you know you want to get downstairs so big is coming up the stairs to see who it is it's me he's coming up the stairs to see who it is as he gets to the stairs and lays eyes on me like big was just about to be like yeah let him downstairs a guy comes up from behind me and be like hey they, they fighting on stage like, and they fighting on stage, we all look, as we all turn around and look, the whole crowd is running towards us out the door. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the whole 600, 700 people that was in crowds all running back towards us, Mike Malway, Stampede style. And I'm like, oh, it's over. So I stand up. It's some stairs going up to, like, the higher level of St. Andrews. So I'm just standing on the stairs, and I'm watching people just run out. And I'm looking in there, people in there throwing haymakers. What happened was I guess somebody else entourage was on stage, and they was trying to get them off stage. They said somebody got slept on stage, Not and, slept. Then, and then it just bled over into the crowd, where the fight just bled over from the stage into the crowd. And then you know the security, they tried to get it, they tried to calm it down. They went in and, and they get um, they get who they thought was fighting out the building. People start coming back in. They they start to you know they was like we still got Sid and T Grizzly downstairs, you know. So they get they, the DJ starts spinning music again, trying to get people start coming back in. And then um, at that time, I didn't have my I, My stuff was, like, tucked up way behind the bar somewhere. So I went and got my stuff. I was like, I'm going to go grab my stuff right now because <laughs> y'all on tip. So I went and grabbed my stuff. And as I went and grabbed my stuff, I'm seeing people come back in. I look on stage. I'm just watching. Next thing I know, this is, I remember this big guy. He had to be, like, six feet real big, whatever. All I see is, like, arms swoop, flying. Swoop. I was like they fighting again. My man's jumped behind the bar, they throwing cups, they throwing they everything. Going crazy. So they started fighting again. After the second fight they shut it down. You wow. know what So it was like they started fighting. That was like the wildest performance thing I ever seen. I was like, I've never seen a fight with that many I've obviously been in so many fights before, but it was like that many people in like a performance of my own where I was Ooh. performing at I was happy I just got to perform before they started fighting. But Ooh,
0: and, and it
1: was kinda ironic like I was literally on my way downstairs to go like see T Grizzly and them Right when they started fighting, I was like, "Wow!" Just so this what y'all on today? <laughs> this what y'all do? This what y'all on today?
0: Wow! Well, so, so yeah, that must that sounded uh, that was, very was That's a story to tell. It
1: is. Hey, look, yeah, I lived it. So it was like yeah, I was there. I was there for that. It was wild for sure. So for sure hibernation
0: wild. dropped, like you said, earlier this year or early or late last year.
1: Like like mid last year. Like yeah. So, mid-last year. So, probably like a year later, I opened up. For and you've been years.
0: performing around that song. Mm-hmm. And then, this year, you broke the news to your parents about how you were going to take a break from school. hmm And you said they didn't take that well. It
1: was like, you know, it was just like, at that point.
0: But you got to stay true to yourself.
1: Yeah. Like, my again, my mom's always supportive of me. My dad was more so just on a tip, like, uh, where he w- didn't like it, but it was not really much he could it was like most people who say they want a rapper and they in their basement playing video games all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like I said I was gonna do it and every day I'm out here trying to get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Every day I'm out here he didn't drop me off at the radio station, he didn't drop me off at Royster Five Nine private studio, he didn't drop he didn't help me Facts over a contract to get tickets for the Rich Homie Show. He didn't. He, you. know what I'm saying. I'm out here he doing there, stuff. He know what was up. He know. He know what's up. He know I'm not just out here sitting on my ass. You know what I'm saying. And
0: so, like, is he cool with it, or did it put a strain on your relationship with him?
1: I feel like for the first time in my life, that kind of put like a strain on our relationship because most of my life, me and my dad have been like best friends. You know what I'm saying. Like he he was at all my basketball games, football games. You know, took me to the gym to practice, to the baseball field to helped me teach me how to hit the batting cage and all, you know what I'm saying? So me and my dad really had like a really, really close relationship. And then like, this was like the first time we ever had like some turmoil in our relationship. But it was like, I realized at a young age, I'm not my parents. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm the first musician in my family. And as much as I am like my parents, I'm not my parents. This is my life. And I have to live it for myself and do things that I feel like I was meant to do. You feel me? Like I said, when I think about everything that they are, and who I am, and my experiences, and just shaped and molded me to be the person I am. It's like you know, you feel like you're walking in your destiny. You feel like you're doing what God wants you to do. And so I feel like my mission in life is is bigger than you know his fears. You know, and it, everything is all just fear. They want your parents just want the best for you. Just don't want you to be broke. You know, they don't want you to. You know, don't they be want struggling. you to, or struggle. You know what I'm saying? So they want the best for you. They want you to succeed. And so I know it's all coming from a place of love, which is why I didn't resent him as much. But it was just like I still got to do what I got to do. And it was like, I was willing to face the consequences. I was like, if you want to put me out, I got, I got, I got, no, they didn't. (laughs) It was like, no, but I was ready. Like I was, I got so many friends and so many people who care about me and places I could go. I'm like, look, I'll be fine regardless, but I'm not, I can't, no matter what happened once I really like dove into the rap thing, it was like, I didn't care what happened in my life. I just wasn't putting the music on hold for, or no, for nobody.
0: But no, that's one of the biggest, um, things when we become a truly adults, I don't feel like you become a do until you really like ready for any consequences and then you stand up Yeah, and things right. like that. Sometimes you got to be your own hero.
1: You got to take sacrifice. It takes chances. And it was like, if it was easy, everybody would do it. You know what I'm saying? But if I was, if I listened to everybody else or if I was like, you know, just let other people influence me, I would still be in school, probably depressed, overweight, out of shape, <laughs> no music out Stop. still. And it's like, it took me so long. It took me like, I'll be rapping three and a half, almost four years. So it took me this long just to get to where I am now. I know people who didn't do the music and stayed in school, and now they're trying to get into it now, and it would be like almost for me starting from ground zero, like Mm. you know what I'm saying, like just starting. So I don't have time to waste, you know.
0: But you said you plan on going back to school later. Yeah, definitely. You know when, or you just like whenever you feel Um, like. Whenever I
1: feel like it's gonna service me and feel like you know it's gonna make me, I I feel like they got something to teach me, or you You know what I'm saying. It gotta make sense. It gotta make sense. Anything I do in life right now, it just gotta make sense. You know what I'm saying? I'm not out here for form or fashion or whatever i'm out here doing the lord's work i'm out here doing what i feel like god want me to do i feel like i'm best serviceable to this world as what i'm doing right now a musician you know what i'm saying
0: and having that mindset that was inspired your latest song save the day i see the little superman concept and mm-hmm, everything so you mm-hmm. say i were i now listen to the song so i'm like we said save the day you saving these girls you like you be saving these hoes or like you trying <laughs> <laughs> or you saving people to like like, who are you saying? What was well the... Well, when
1: I, I had wrote that song, like, maybe, like, a week or two after I had broke up with my ex, and it was, like, I I was doing so much, you know what I'm saying? Like, the first couple lines of the song is, I, lately, I feel like a superhero, but I'm not made to steal. Like, even though I'm doing all these things, and I feel like I'm an amazing person, this is that third. Like, I'm still human at the end of the day. I still have feelings. I'm not perfect. I'm not claiming to be perfect. I just know, just know I try, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But, um... It was really more so about my relationship with my ex, and it was like, you know, I had felt like, part of me felt like when we broke up, I felt like I didn't fight hard enough for her, you know what I'm saying, but at the end of the day, like, it is what it is, you know what I'm saying, like, Mm -hmm. I did all I could, and now, like, looking back now, I feel like I did, but back then, like, at that time, I was like, man, I feel like I could have fought harder or whatever, but it just was like, you know, it was like, like, you know, emo. I was emotional at the time, and I feel like most of the like the best art comes from that, from being heartbroken and mm-hmm. being, you know, what I'm saying. So, I don't know if it was like more about more so about saving these hoes, but <laughs> it was more so about like just saving, saving myself, and possibly in that process of saving myself, saving my relationship. You know.
0: No, that's some real stuff and everything.
1: Mm, and then in the process of doing that. Um, I felt like I was writing it and like the cold kind of superhero concept was, is kind of spoke to me. So where I, when I started writing the verse, it was, uh, I do it a lot, honestly, when I'm painting pictures. Uh, Like in, you think about Hibernation, it was a song called Sweet Dreams. And it was like basically a song to 90s babies where it was like I was naming like a lot of 90s, making a lot of 90s references. But I was also talking about, like, real stuff in the midst of doing that. Like, I was naming stuff, and it was, like, if you wear blue, then they change the clues. Uh You know what I'm saying? Where it's, like, obviously it's blue's clues, but you think about police brutality. So I was kind of, like, same thing with say today. It was kind of, like, I was naming superheroes, like, people, like, members of the Justice League. Mm -hmm. But I was also, like, referencing, like, my relationship with my ex. You know what I'm saying? Like, girl, you my Wonder Woman. Girl, I'll be there in the flash i go down into Atlanta make <laughs> a splash. All you got to do is ask. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was doing it, you know, and that's kind of, like, that's part of, like, my writing that I feel like I'm just really good at. Mm-hmm. is just, like, doing multiple things, like, double entendres and things like that. So metaphors. Metaphors. You know I got
0: to, since you're in the lounge, you know you got to do a little freestyle for us. I want to see how you do these little double entendres. So oh, we entendres. got, like, five minutes left. Okay. So Kyle, I want to spit the hottest bars no more than two minutes. You do six or sixteen. <laughs> I say, look, quick sixteen, you know. Okay. And I want you. It could be whatever you feel like, whatever's on your heart. You whatever know how you be in church, whatever's heart. on your heart. Yeah,
1: okay. So, um, so you said just, just anything, just mm-hmm. off the top or whatever.
0: No more than a minute. We no got one minute. Imagine just no this this like no your little man. verse you feature in the project. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Uh, I mean, uh, I'm always trying to rap. I just was like, all right, freestyle. So I'm spitting acapella or what's up. This I can do Acapella, no What's music. Up? No Ar- music.
0: <coughs> let's go. <laughs> I
1: got you. Uh, let's do it. Uh, times ticking, the plot thickens. And I hold it down till I stop kicking. It's not clicking. Yeah, you know it costs a hot ticket. I'm not tripping in the kitchen, they ain't frying chicken. The pot's sticking. You gotta show me where your heart is at. I'll make sure you have a heart attack. They like, dang, you're really doing it. I said, I'm in the game, baby. These other rappers need a starter pack. You on the bench? I'm where the starters at. Malcolm, we need it. That's how they calling me. Don't call me conceited. I was eating. Guess I need to reheat it. Busy talking all behind my back, but I bet you wouldn't repeat it on Twitter. I bet you wouldn't retweet it. All oh, my feelings deleted. You a fetus, man? I feel defeated. I'm on fire to return to the Phoenix. Rappers, man, I got a few sons. I'm a star and they see it with Serena, but I landed on Venus. Come on. Okay, we rapping now. Do you want to get it cracking with the captain now? See me snapping like, what happened now? You thought I was behind you, but look, I'm really just about to lap around up on you like who laughing now yeah the flow is heaven sent i don't remember when it smacked the ground and they love when i'm back in town i didn't finish undergrad so really just like my cap and gown smack a clown then i grabbed the a crown and i smashed it down <laughs> <Okay>. easy <laughs> you know okay, okay. Some, some light you know like little 16 little 16. A little know.
0: quick si- you know
1: what Six 16. Thank you, you got my that was good though <laughs> i was just like you better go ahead welcome thank Malcolm. you, thank so. you.
0: As we end, what do you want people to know about your music? Um, what, when you're gone, what you want people to say about your music?
1: In, um, the, future? in the future, I feel like when it's all said and done, they're going to call me the greatest. They're going to say I'm the best to ever do it. But not because I'm, like, super, super skilled, because I am, but more so just because, like, I was the best at reaching people and, like, helping you relate and make you feel like you wasn't alone in, like, the way you feel. Like, so many people go through – things and they feel like they're the only ones that have ever experienced that emotion or that feeling or whatever and I just feel like when I started making music I just wanted the people to realize they wasn't alone that I also go through these things and that also have experienced these feelings and emotions and you know I feel like I've conveyed that message very well through my music
0: wow that's powerful and looking back you had a eventful for opening for T-Grizzly Working, being featured on One O Seven Point Five, mm-hmm. and performing with Rich Homie Kwan and just doing so many performances. What is your plan for like 2019? This December, 2019. are you ready for 2019? I'm
1: ready for 2019. Like I said, I I have so many things like stewing that I haven't, you know, haven't come to fruition yet. That uh, I feel like in 2019 is going to happen. You know, what I'm saying I feel like I'm colla- like 2019 is like bag season. Like you know, what I'm oh, saying we get like. To the bag. We get into the bag in 2019, like it's like I had I was in a competition this past summer where it was like me and my band competed for like 50K. And so like the last like we won. And so like the last round to where we actually like compete for the actual 50k uh, 50K, that was like a qualifying round. So like the mm-hmm. actual round where we compete for it is next year in July. Um, if I get called for the hustle and float th- or the rhythm and flow, not hustle and float, the rhythm and flow thing with T.I. and Cardi B and, you know what I'm saying, I got to be in L.A. from January to March. Um, America's Got Talent if they call me back. So there's a lot of things. There's like, I'm just waiting on that call. You know what I'm saying? I'm ready. You know. It's back season. It's back season. Like that's going to be the name for the next mixtape. Is uh. If you do it, just
0: credit me on n- it, okay? Nah, <laughs>
1: back season. I would say right now is, I got the album coming. I could, I could give you a leak. Um. We are, I'm planning on dropping it on my birthday, which is like March the 2nd. Mm-hmm. So beginning of March, uh, the album is going to be called Love in Atlantis. And it took me this long just because I wanted to make it a story like the first one. You know, like mm-hmm. my last couple projects or whatever have been more like conceptual, more like concepts of just sleep or whatever. Like, But the first, like the era of adolescence was a story. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to make this one like a story like the first one
0: well how can people uh reach you or and um see these next projects
1: um you can reach me and find me at malcolm x elliot that's m-a-l-c-o-l-m-x-e-l-l-i-o-t-t that's on instagram twitter snapchat facebook malcolm elliot you go like my fan page uh malcolm x com. we'll be back up soon just revamping to get my my merchandise and everything together but um yeah youtube malcolm elliot you know all that
0: awesome thanks for coming and don't forget you. to follow at the lounge, lounge pod and follow me at Cynthia LaShawn on Instagram and Twitter and thanks for it coming in and sitting Yay. with us and everything no
1: problem. I appreciate you for inviting me out. no problem this I was like, like
0: a really fun for you we yeah. legit haven't seen each other like yeah I know it's been a minute it's a few a minute. years yeah
1: it's been definitely some years
0: for sure but yeah sure, so nice sure. you coming through and everything and we talk to you guys later bye <laughs> How you doing, man? How you know, you man?